Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. I'm Super Dave, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible. And with me, as always, is my man, 100 Grand, the one and only Just Mike. What's up, bro? Mike, I'm just fucking with your name. I'm, I'm, I'm just fucking with your name. <laughs> Try to give me a heart attack, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought, you know. Right, Awkward. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Let's welcome our guest, Dave. Let's welcome yeah, our guest. Definitely. We have a great show for you today because our guest today is one of the premier actors in the DMV. She's a proud graduate of Morgan State University with a bachelor's of theater arts. Her stage credits include The Color Purple, the Wiz, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Charlotte's Web, The Vagina Monologues, For Colored Girls, and many more. Uh, she, you've probably seen her in uh, one of her many commercials for companies like Kaiser Permanente, Toyota, Master Network, or AARP. I met her on a set of a, a, movie, a short film that we worked on together uh, by the name of Frozen Yogurt. Uh, that'll be out sometime next year. Of course, I'm talking about the lovely and talented Miss Io Brown. Welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. How are you? Thank you. I'm so happy to be welcome, welcome. here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I'm glad that you were able to make it and uh, kick it with us. Um, she was supposed to be on last week, if you guys noticed, uh, but uh, in the pursuit of remaining one of the premier actors in the DMV, when you get an acting job, you got to take it. Um, and so... Uh, but I definitely had a conversation with her. And I want to say I've been doing this for, been doing like podcasts and internet radio shows for about six years now. Only two people have personally called me when they couldn't make it. That was Joe Claire and this young lady. And character uh, speaks a lot in this business. And uh, that's one of those things that I really appreciate about her. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, so um, I'm really excited to talk to you about a lot of things. You got a lot going on uh, between you know, the acting, directing, teaching things that you are doing or have done or have coming. But first, there's a couple of things going on in the city, in the country, in the world uh, that we're going to talk about a little bit. Uh, okay. We like to talk about, you know, current events and things going on. So um, I'm going to start with uh, the, the talk of the last week or so has been uh, that versus battle between uh, the locks and, and Dipset. Did you guys see it? No, I didn't. Okay, so the last verses I saw, what was it? It was, <laughs> it was, um, tag, don't, don't give me the line. You're okay. gonna be the Isley Brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was the last one I saw. I was like, oh, don't kill me, don't kill me. We find out what it is. But yeah. Oh, you good, you good. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, the series is dope. We've talked about, you know, on here a few times how just that whole vibe has been amazing. And, um, yeah. You know, th this one was a really good one for like hip hop heads who really, you know, uh, in the hip hop, this was like, uh, you know, one of one of the best ones. Uh, just those two squads going against each other. Mike, did you see it? This one, this one was a good one for the generation. It was, it was necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, one individual in particular was rediscovered uh, along with his uh, conglomerates, uh, the locks. I think that um, you know, I normally don't watch them. I was at work. Somebody's like, Mike, you watch this? I'm like, no, just give a shit. I'm grown. Versus, I'm give a shit. What? And so, yeah, I, I was like, I don't hear that. So I watched it. Man, first of all, I'm not a tremendous, uh, I'm not a tremendously big uh, Dipset fan. I don't really care for the bravado brash. I don't really care for all that. I care for you know 
street and real type shit. So the locks killed them. I mean, like Cole murdered them. And, and then the love and the maturity that they showed through all the BS, you know, they had, you know, the Styles P and Cameron getting into it. You know, Cameron is a big uh, um, uh, personality. And, you know, but it is what it is. It was awesome, y'all. It was awesome. It was something yeah, to yeah. behold. Yeah, yeah. Old. it was it was really good. Like I said, for hip hop heads like myself, seeing seeing these, like two a, it was like a roast. It was almost like a, like a, like a hip hop roast. Well, I mean, you know, was, uh, as people have said, have compared it to that, especially um, you know, the way Jada Kiss was going at them for right. you know, using a music and using the lyrics in the songs and stuff like that. Um, things that are like hip hop one on one that you don't really do. But um, right. but at the end of the day, it, it was a great show. It was a great show. It was, it's about? awesome. The new generation, the new generations, when they they they're seeing it, they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Up? Why my father always talking about my day, my rap day? Well, there you go. Yeah, Miss Brown, yeah. you got you got you to chime into. I mean, you have to uh, tune into it. If you get a chance. I, I gotta check it out now. I definitely gotta check it out. You know, I've been so busy. I haven't had time to watch verses, but I know at the time when it was really like you know just coming out and you know everybody was getting into it. I had all the time in the world. You know. Right. Right. I check it out. I definitely. Okay. Um, they do one for Missy. I know they still was trying to figure out who they can match with her. I don't think they yeah. found one. Yeah, that'd be tough, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I wow. still. Think, I think maybe Diddy can go against Missy. Oh, it'd have to be somebody on that level, right? Yeah. When you look at when you look at their um their catalogs, you you what your goal is to provide a really good show. And if it's like songs, it's different. I don't really want, I mean, like Monica versus Brandy, unless they like in a, a boxing ring, I don't even believe really give a shit like that. <laughs> Why people always want to see them fight? They talked about that. Yeah, on that was a whole BS. That, that was a whole song. That's it. That one that's, song. That's right. all the whole drama. Yeah, that but... it together. Everyone's just always trying to put them up against one another. But they have two different styles. Right. Like right. It, and it showed that night too. Honestly, woo, I do remember that night. Okay. In the atmosphere, I know they was trying, you know, make it look like it was nice after with the pictures and them hugging. But I don't know, energy speaks clearly, and right. everyone was talking, like some. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> they kissing. They kissing. That's a better picture. Oh lord. Anyway, but um, but you, I know you do some um some singing too, Io. So um, between oh. Monica and Brandy, did you have a favorite between those two? Oh, that's a tough one. Every down is cool too. Hey, oh, that's tough because they just to me they're so different. Like, right. it's just True. a different vibe. It's a different mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, I okay. can't even. And if she ever wants to write for them, she can't necessarily uh, pick one day. Well, you know, I mean, you still have an opinion. <laughs> you know, but... I mean, at a point. No, that, that she is can't true. pick one right now. That's yeah, a future so, work. That's a future endeavor, Dave. No. That too, yeah. I gotta be I gotta be quiet. <laughs> okay, so how about this? How about this then? Who would you rather write for? Brandy or Monica? Like that's still a bad with, question if she tried to. Well, no, 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 because when it comes to styles, you know, the one of them uh are one of them in your wheelhouse as far as their style, the way you deliver a song. Ah, okay, so it would be Brandy. Mm. Only because, oh, I hope this is a I just think. Don't worry, think, nobody sees this. It's cool. <laughs> like seven views. Monica is one of who she 
like uh Mary J. Like we love when she sings sad songs or or the real lovey dovey songs. But Brandy, I think she's very versatile in her lyrics where she just sings about a lot of different stuff. So I would Brandy in this sense. Especially just me personally. I don't like hearing a lot of songs on the radio that's sad. I just don't like hearing sad love songs in general. Like I wish we had more happy songs or just something else. Like why why we always gotta be crying sometimes? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That'll, you know, that'll we need songs to lighten us up. That's true. Yeah, yeah. People look for entertainment. You want to be, you know, uh, hyped up. But, uh, but yeah. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about. I want to ask you guys a question. So, I saw a story about the dude, um, the actor Terry Crews, about mm -hmm. him receiving his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and that's dope. You know, he was the uh, the the father. He's really famous for being, you know, the dad on Everybody Hates Chris and a couple of other the white girls. I mean, what was the white chicks role and uh, you know, uh, what was it, Friday After Next and things like that. But I just wanted to, you know, uh, seeing that story may reminded me of some comments that he made a couple of years back about the Black Lives Matter movement and all of that. And I was wondering, like, did, did people cancel him? Like, is he still cool to support Terry Crews? What you think, Mike? I think that whomever you support is your business. I didn't know that he was canceled. I know that... uh. I didn't know that he'd done enough to get a walk of fame. I thought, I mean, did he did an old spider commercial and shit. I mean, I don't know how that, you know. Oh, no, he's done a lot. You know, he's been in a lot of things. I ain't, I'm not over him dancing in How Do You Want It in, um, from Friday, so I, I can't. <laughs> a lot of people say he violated back then. With no, that. but I mean, he's, all, he's a hardworking brother. He's worked hard. I mean, but I don't, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have similar to this um, with the last play that I did. And I think the question really goes down to like, how do we separate the artist from the person? And I think, you know, as an artist, he deserved his star. Um, however people feel about him as a person, I, it's, it's, it's tricky. Like, how do we differentiate that? Or, or is it even possible? I think in his case with him receiving a star, I think he does deserve his, you know, flowers. He's worked hard and it's not easy. And as an actor, um, as a full-time actor, I can say it's not easy. And right. to you know, to get to his caliber is just—he deserves his flowers for sure. Um, and that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, no, I would also—I don't know the criteria for you get a few to you get a few to get a um a plaque on the sidewalk. I don't know what the criteria is because you have Donald Trump's out there as well, and so is Liberace. All right, all right. Michael Jackson. I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, I, I don't know what, uh, I mean, fame in and of it's, it's the walk of fame. Thus, you know, whatever their criteria is, is theirs. I don't, I don't oh, you know. I'm reaching a certain level of fame. But I do want to touch a little bit on what um what Ayo said, because uh, we talk a lot on this uh, show about separating the art from the artist and mm -hmm. um how that's that's become kind of a narrative these days with a lot of people. Um, most notably people well, like, like yeah, well, exactly. So people like Bill Cosby, um, we talk about like how, you know, um, you know, they still play the Cosby show and things. And I, I mean, it's such a classic, iconic program. Like I still watch it regularly, you know, and I mean, um, whether or not, uh, he, he's guilty. I got 217 that. channels on Xfinity and I stopped at a different world and, and, and Cosby show right, and living yeah. single. And more every damn time. Like, just what I do. Yeah, yeah. So in, in cases like that, do you think it's harder to separate, you know, where it's something that might be morally questionable? I think it really depends on 
the artists. Like, I feel like we're very, we contradict ourselves with some artists. Like, it's easy for um, some people to cancel Bill Cosby or R. Kelly, but it's a lot of artists who are making music and they're saying it in their songs. Like, they're saying, I I'm about to slip you this Molly and you're not even going to know, or, you know, gonna wake up with your pants on the flow like they, there's people who say it's like, i just make that up but there's people you got bars who, man you got bars nah. i'm gonna take my horse to the hotel he's telling you what's going on that wasn't, he wasn't listening he that just wasn't listening just listen, jamming to it in their cars like oh this is my song it's that stuff but yeah, yeah. like they saying that and we not really processing you know what they're saying exactly. So I think we're very selective with uh, who we cancel. And I think a lot of people do kind of go on the cancel train where it's like, oh, well, right. it, because it was publicized and like what they did was publicized. Now we got to cancel them or because everybody is canceling them. Now we got to cancel them. The right. train, the train. They, it, want, they want to get on the caboose. They want to right, right. That was a great metaphor. Exactly. They want to get on the train. And I think if you're really um, for whatever they're being canceled about then not, don't just do it for one person do it for everybody who's doing right. it even right. aren't publicized yet but right. in their art like you can hear it you can see it <laughs> right exactly exactly so um as an actor who um that definitely doesn't shy away from more controversial topics uh and things like that and we're going to talk about that some more in the interview but just on this topic of cancer culture do you worry about that you know do you ever worry about saying or doing something that might get you looked upon negatively no because everybody has something to say you know it's somebody to this day right now who just can't stand me you know i don't i don't know the person i'm sure it's somebody out there like somebody always has something to say so I, I, I really just don't care because the more the more time I spend on worrying about if I'm going to get cancer or not, you know, I, I'm missing out on opportunities. Like, you know, I'm too busy stressing over you when I could be over here, you know, bringing more blessings into my life. Like, it, it's, I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah. Would you ever consider it when, it when it comes down to a certain type of role that you might accept? Like, the role might be something far out there, you know what I mean? I mean, would you ever... You know, does it, ever, does it come into play when you when you make decisions on the roles that you accept? I am very conscious about the roles I accept. Oh. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation about this, <clears throat> excuse me, with a friend of mine. Um, because at, when I first started acting, I would just go off and just select anything or, you know, I would look at, you know, character descriptions and I was just like, oh, okay, well, I just want to be on the screen or I just want to be on the stage, so I'm just about to do it. But um, I'm very aware now of what I choose to do because if it doesn't if it doesn't feel right to me, <clears throat> then I'm not doing it. And if I know if somebody – um, I have to keep in mind that eventually somebody is going to view it and if I don't really think it has a message that's impactful or it's not really benefiting someone in a positive way, even if I play like an evil character, someone who's just wild and out, like if it doesn't have some type of impact, I'm not going to do it because right. I'm just not like but I, I don't I'm not pressed to pick up every op every opportunity that comes my way. I'm not. I'd rather do something that is purposeful and something that I feel that okay, yeah, I, I really put my all into that like I carried that with me and because I carried that with me and I really put my all into it I'm pretty sure somebody else is going to feel that when they watch it 
Right. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I don't want to get too far ahead in the interview. <laughs> oh, no, you good, man. That was, a, that was actually a really good question. I have little girls who are listening and they watch me. So where does all that integrity come from? Where do you get all that integrity from? Like, like the love or like, what do you mean? <laughs> the integrity, the integrity, the ability to realize that it's the things that you do when nobody's around that you do and the decision that you make when, the, when nobody's around that actually um, make up your character. And, those, and the, those, the, those decisions are good when nobody can see you make those decisions and nobody knows you made them. Well, there, there lies their integrity. I, I see you care a lot. Where did that come from? <clears throat> oh, Where we got that? deep quick then with David. I don't want to smoke Okay, the first person that came to my mind was my mother because um, my mother's a businesswoman and she works in a, I can't say the company, but she works in a very well-known company where mm -hmm. she's the only Black woman who is in um a very high position and she's surrounded by a lot of men a lot of white men and i would just see her sometimes come home and cry um but you know just just frustrated at a lot of uh things that was going on in the workplace that a lot of people don't know about um but she still just kept pushing you know she kept pushing she would get up she would get dressed have a lot of grace, very poised. Like at the end of the day, you know, I'm a cry, but I'm a dust it off because I'm a do because they need me at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot to um to offer to this business. So I think I just watched my mother growing up, how she handled a lot of situations, not just with her with career, but with uh with her personal relationships, you know, she would go through a lot. And I, I didn't know until when I was older just how much she was going through and we had that conversation later on in life but just knowing that you know she just kept walking and she she carried herself with dignity and I really took that and I'm like you know I, I don't just want to be a woman out here just doing anything taking any type of parts you know just giving myself away freely like I want to make sure that everything I do is a purpose wow that's dope man. shout out to moms real quick yeah that's dope that's dope man yeah, would you say, Mike? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm saying because she's she's right. She's pretty. She can go and act and and, and be anywhere. Anybody except her for anything, you know. And and she's a pretty brown girl. And if she when she carries herself a certain way, well, then somebody else is looking up to that as well. As part of you know what what you know we were talking about the um the Olympic situation with Miss Richardson, the young lady with the uh, weed situation. You know, I'm 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 upset because. It's a little girl who's just like her from the hood, who 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 don't who's going through the same thing she's going through, and I just really wanted her to push through. I wanted somebody to be in her corner and not give her that J, give it to me, pass it to me, <laughs> and let her let her let her let her do her thing and get this gold because you know, in four years from now, three years or whatever, we don't know what, if she's going to be the fastest person in the world. These these. These these every four years it's very rare that do you duplicate you know your uh your performance pre from from four years beforehand, so it goes goes to show how we who 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 we're portraying ourselves as who we are. Yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of um uh, mental wear and tear that goes into you know um the sports arena. We were talking about that too about like um uh, Simone Biles and her decision you know to step away from some of the events and things of that nature and how. Uh, like 
it's just a, a lot mentally. And originally I was like, well, you know, you think about her team and that was selfish and made, she made the decision based on different things. But then, like I was telling you earlier, Mike, uh, about what would you say the young lady's name was? We were talking about who uh, years ago was famous for flipping off the bean or leg was broken. Very strong. Yeah. Very strong. And, um, and on the one side, it's like, oh, that's that, you know, heart of a winner and a champion and all that. But on the other side, it's like, it's kind of crazy. Like if you hurt, get, you know, don't, injure yourself further or, or run the chance of that. Like the fact that she won played a big part in how people look at that so fondly. Like if she'd have lost and broke her leg, they'd have been like, she's crazy, you know? So the fact that um, these women at this time are taking, you know, um, the, or having the wherewithal to say, look, I'm not okay in this whole situation. And instead of letting it break me down just to entertain you all, you know, uh, let me step away and do something for my own mental health and stuff. So I thought that was, that was dope that she did that. As for uh, the Shakiri situation, you know, um, it's, it's interesting that you brought that up because one of the things I was going to talk about, I saw um, two of the commercials actually this past week that she's doing with Nike. Very inspirational, very dope. Have you guys seen either of her commercials? No, I haven't. You said she be, she busy, Dave. She running the show. Well, have you seen it there, Mike? Have you seen it? Uh, I ain't seen shit either. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're dope commercials. If you get a chance to look them up on YouTube or anything, and it's just I it's was really good. I, 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 last I heard someone had offered her a quarter of a million dollars to promote their weed brand or whatever, and I was like, oh. I might take that if I was her because you know, you're not never going to see that as an Olympian unless right. you're Michael Phelps. You did, right? And, you know, on the flip side. Does that mean you have to partake and you, you come up with dirty piss tests and can you get your gold medal in the cup? You know what I mean? So many different things run up to us. So it's like, what was you about to say though? Well, no, I was just, um, you know, there's a couple of things that uh, that go behind that. I mean, I think that's a great opportunity for her. I don't think you would have to necessarily partake to be the face, you know, it, you, that can pretend, you know. Hey, or they, just say, what you the know. fuck did you just say that day? You can't, wait, wait. You can't what? act that. You can't walk on. You're not going. People act high all the time. You know, actors do it all the time. Um, um, uh, what's his name to play Smokey? Chris Tucker said he never smoked. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he said. He never smoked on Friday. It was fake. It was, you know, um, uh, I guess not real weed they were using. And uh, he said, because he said he never smoked. So people play high and some people do it well. I know, um, intoxication is hard to play as an actor. Like it's a real fine line. You got to walk with it. Is that, is that right, Ayo? Yes. Oh, it is so hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so hard. <laughs> to, to do believably, right? It's like is it some some people really knock it out of the park, though. I've seen a few people, but I've seen a few people. my eyes the next 45 minutes. I'm going to be all the way real. You know? Okay. <laughs> That's your your acting skills. But um, no, before we get into the interview, before we get into... <laughs> All right, Mike, before we get uh, too deep into the interview, there's two things I wanted to, uh, to to mention really quickly. The first is uh, the Questlove, the directorial debut, the Summer of Soul, about the Harlem Soul Festival in uh, 1967, I think it was. I might be wrong. I didn't put it in the notes. I don't know why. Eight, but anyway, eight. It was eight. It was eight. 68, yeah. And um, I watched it uh, the other night. It's amazing. Um, uh, Quest did a really good job of putting together this this. Um, footage that was found of this festival uh, that happened the same year as Woodstock. So Woodstock kind of overshadowed it. And this festival kind of was pushed to the wayside. It's a really dope um, 
Uh, just, uh, sat, it, it sat in the basement for 50 years. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, but yeah, it's out now. It's on uh, Hulu. So if you get a chance to check it out, you know, they're not see? paying us or anything, but I really like it. It was really did good. You see, did, did you see it, lady? No, I got to check it out. It sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was. It, it is be, first of all, anything from 68 in your brain, you go to black and white. Mm-hmm. With this, you get to actually see, man, man, like, like Black and White was, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you know <laughs> now she's 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 a beautiful lady, but you know she just not she ain't Eartha Kitt, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you know, but you see her like, like, and then these are the real pips, all the original pips, like man, and you see why they was the pips, like, like, like man, that thing, I mean. You see Sly and the Family Stone, like, man, that, they're doing their thing. I kind of think I might have been a fan of his, too. You know, it's like, so. Yeah, yeah, I got some of his stuff. He, it was really good. Was yeah, awesome. it, was, it was really it well was put together. Visual. And it was interesting to see. Oh, my bad. What you say, Mike? You know, the visual of all, all those beautiful people, everybody together. It wasn't. And then the white cops, mad as a motherfucker like this. Asshole, puck it up and shit. But you could get was salty. It's like, it's like they all sprinkled in there. I don't know why my eyes sound good. But that whole town era and the Harlem Renaissance, like I love seeing movies about that. Oh, yeah. you know? Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful time. And it's so interesting, I was gonna say to see uh the parallels between what was going on then and what's going on now and how like in certain ways, uh as a community we come so far, but in certain ways it's things that haven't changed and it's hard to see if they ever will. Certain things that they talk about, like um like, you know, uh, just the institutionalization of, you know, uh, different neighborhoods and stuff like that. The the black families being broken down, the, you know, unemployment problems, the drug problems, things that were um, so um, just think set about, up. Think about, think about what would the, respectfully, respectfully, what would the, the soundtrack be on stage now? If, if, if all the top acts, 10, 20, 30 acts got together at some point in time, we'd have to be singing wet ass, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, I'm not real proud of all that. You dig? Oh, no, no, no. It's me though. I think they kind of high all the night. I don't know. I'm saying nice. They high all of the. Mm, what's the word? Um, uh, I'm trying to not get myself in trouble here. Uh oh. <laughs> they hide a lot of R&B music, okay? Mm. Like uh, Raheem, Tank, all of them. They let it see. Like, it's a lot of people out, but you don't really hear about it because they try to keep it underground. Right, right, right. And I just think, like, nowadays, a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know if they don't like the music or because it's not popular enough. They don't talk about it in the media, but it's a lot, it's a lot of good music out here. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you're right. It's definitely not as pushed and you really have to uh, search to find real soul music. I think that's yeah. what's missing a lot these days. It's like some music that speaks to your soul. There is some out there and it's definitely, you know, uh, available if you know where to look or know how to find it. But knowing how to find it is a whole nother thing because like you said, what's pushed is... Um, it's something completely different. And not saying that it's, it's necessarily bad. I think uh, music is is one of those um, mediums like um, all, all entertainment where there's room for everything, you know, and everything can be considered entertainment and done, uh, you know, good or done bad. But 
that music that speaks to you like like those pieces of art like those you know um plays like those movies that that are versus battles going on right now it introduces you know all kinds of different things to all of, you know what I mean? like hold on did dmx just really go up against snoop dog you know what i'm saying and yeah. then did dmx really just pass away you know mm-hmm. shortly thereafter like did we we were we've been giving some good things musically here here lately. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking of the music, Nas's album is, is insane too, from what I've been hearing. I only heard a couple of tracks. Um, I wanna ask you real quick, Io, who's your favorite artist like musically? Like what are you listening to right now? What am I listening to right now? Yeah. Honestly, I've been listening to a lot of alternative music. Okay. Like, electronic. I don't know, I'm kinda going through that phase, like Don Tolliver. I like him. Huh. Um, I like Alina Barraz. Like, I like stuff like that. Something that will give me a nice vibe. Something I can cruise on a road. But lately, I don't really, I haven't been wanting to hear, like, all that loud stuff or, or that sad, you know, slow songs. I just need right. something where, I drive a lot, so I need something where it's, you know, I'm just cruising and I'm vibing and I'm not really thinking too much. If I am thinking, then it's positive thoughts only. Okay. Keeping you awake on the road. Yeah, yeah, keep me focused. <laughs> right, right. So uh with that, let's get into this uh interview and talk to you a little bit about your um uh, about your journey as a as an artist. And um with that, I want to kind of start from the beginning and um where your performance journey began. So I want to talk first of all about uh do you remember the first play that you ever saw? That I ever saw? Yeah, that you that you ever went to. Okay. <laughs> I, I know the first play I was in. <laughs> you were in. Play. That's that's the important thing. <laughs> Bizarre? No. Okay. I think okay. the first musical I saw was The Color Purple. Okay. I'm pretty 100% sure about that. But the first play, no, it's not coming to me now. Understood. No, no worries. But it's not, it's not coming to me now. Okay, and I was just asking that to say uh, to to get into the next question, which is um, for you personally, where the spark for entertainment came from. Like, wouldn't you say that this is something that I want to do, or that I'm you know actually good at and want to pursue? I don't even know. Like when you hear my parents talk about this, they say I was three years old in the back seat just singing, mm. and I never. I know in the fourth grade, um, I was singing. I was singing ever since I was young. But the fourth grade, um, my choir director in elementary school had asked if somebody wanted to do a solo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. She's like, yeah, you know, I, I want to do a solo. And she had gave you know me lift. <laughs> <laughs> but she gave me lift every voice and sing. And I was doing that. Uh, I did it the fourth grade year and the fifth grade year. And I en- they ended up loving me so much that I did it at, I think, the sixth grade graduation. I was in the fifth grade and I had performed for the sixth grade graduation, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Um, and then that was kind of my go to song for like all the way up until eighth grade. But mm-hmm. I don't even know how it started. I think it was just in me, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I've, it, I don't even. I can't recall a time where I was like, oh, I, I want to do this. It was just like, I'm doing this. <laughs> like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. So was there anything else like uh, coming up? Was there something like if somebody asked you uh, when you were a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Was there something that you would say? Singer. <laughs> a singer? Okay. okay. And I wanted to be a singer. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because... 
So uh, I had like a million Barbie dolls, right? A million okay. Barbie dolls. Like set up this whole Barbie world around my room. Okay. And <laughs> at one point I was their teacher. So I would give like old papers to like my Barbie dolls and I would act like I was teaching them. So I don't know. I never told anyone I wanted to be a teacher either, but I, I was always playing one in my room with my Barbie dolls. So I guess I wanted to be a teacher also, which I did end up being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ended up doing that too. That's dope. So um, so you started this, so you said you don't remember exactly how it started, but do you remember um, when you realized that you had the talent to kind of pursue it professionally? Hmm. Hmm. It's funny you ask that question because I went to Thomas Pullen uh, for middle school, uh, Thomas Pullen Performing Arts Magnet School, for um, those who don't know, and I had majored in music. Yeah, and I, so I'm thinking, you know, when I went in there that, you know, the more I keep going to school and studying music, like eventually I'll get to a point where I would do it um, professionally. But when I went to, I don't know, I, I don't. I think it was a point where I was like, I don't want to sing professionally, but I do want to be in the performing arts professionally. And I realized that in uh, my 11th grade year of high school. Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school, I was doing a lot of open mic performances. I think a lot of people uh, knew me from that. I was doing a lot of my poetry. Uh, my 12th grade year, I had directed the gospel choir there. And I was just doing a, doing a lot of like, leadership stuff I guess you could say with singing and the arts mm -hmm. but um yeah I think the, the older I got the more I was just like you know I don't know if I want to sing like just sing professionally but I know I want to be some type of performer in the arts some you know whatever that is <laughs> okay okay so yeah when um when someone is really good at something it's always interesting to see who um, inspires them or who they look up to in the acting world? Like, who is your favorite actor or who do you really look up to and say that person really nails it every time or something? Okay, my <laughs> woman or male? Because uh, let's go, let's go, women first and then men. Okay, woman. Oh, it's two. It's okay. It's, it's Diane Carroll mm. and Viola Davis. And I love Diane. The reason why I have to say both of them is because they kind of have different, no, they do have different acting styles. Like Diane is very more, um, how I say, it? it's very more relaxed in the sense where it's not so, um, it's not so expressive as Viola Davis when she acts. But Viola Davis, Diane Carroll, everything she does, I think, everything she did, rest in peace, everything she did, I, I think she did a phenomenal job. And I think I just really like the fact that she so carried herself with grace also. And during the, during the time um, that she was acting, it was just, you know, it was a lot for a black woman. But Viola Davis, I just think everything she does is just, she goes full, full force in it. She doesn't care how she looks on camera. You know, she brings it every time. And I listened to her interviews and her and Cicely Tyson, and they always talk about how, you know, she, for some reason, well, not for some reason, but Viola Davis, she regrets doing the help. She regrets taking on that role. Mm -hmm. Talks about how um, 
she really just goes for roles now that, you know, really fills her up where she feels that it will be impactful to someone in a powerful way, you know, whatever she decides to do. So that's another reason why I just love Viola Davis as, as an actor, as a person, as an artist, the whole shebang. Uh, the male will have to be Johnny Depp. Ah, oh, I love Johnny Depp. Ah, oh, and people may think he's crazy, but it's an art to that craziness. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize, like, a lot of us actors are crazy in general. Like, <laughs> like when I, it, deep inside, like, we, we're crazy, especially if, like, you're really freaking good, like Johnny Depp. Yeah, like, yeah. And, I'm, and it's a process when you when you play those characters in general and you have to kind of sometimes separate yourself from people and to really go into that world like he he brings it he he definitely doesn't i know it's this whole controversy that's happening right now in the media with him but at the end of the day as an actor like he he brings it like when you see whoever he plays you don't see johnny depp you see that person and that's what i think makes him different from everybody else. Definitely. definitely. That'd be a hell of a movie. What's that? Johnny Depp, Diane Carroll, Viola Davis. You you go you gonna write the movie for him? You gonna put the script together? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean part nineteen. <laughs> uh, Diane Carroll back as a ghost. They would use her hologram. They would have to use <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So um and and we talked about your favorite actor. So of course I have to ask if you have a favorite. But and I think we talked about this at um at Ben's Chili Bowl when we were filming uh, 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 the movie that we uh, filmed Brown um uh, uh, Frozen Yogurt. I'm about to say Brown Sugar Frozen Yogurt. Uh, but yeah, did, uh, we talked a little bit about favorite movies. You know, I went around and was asking people. Uh, so did, did do you have a favorite movie? Did you ask me that? I know you was talking to everyone else. Did you get to me about that? Did I ever answer? Did I not that? ask you? I feel like I might have. I don't, but you know, like I said, my memory is terrible. Um, yeah. Oh no, I did. I did. You guys is cracking jokes on me because I said my favorite movie was Pocahontas. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all right. Hey, what's your favorite movie, Dave? Um, I have like a number of them, but uh, three. top three, top, top three, three. Uh, probably Pulp Fiction. Um. Uh, I know why, Dave. I know why. Anyway, a movie called uh, Children of Men with Clive Davis. Uh, I mean, okay. Clive Owens. And um, uh, what else? Something just real silly, funny, like Anchorman or something like that, because I like to laugh. You know. So, what about you, Mike? My top three favorite movies are Forrest Gump, Lion King, and um, Malcolm X. That's an eclectic mix. That's, that's crazy. And so we did top three, I.O., so now you got to give us two more. Two more? Okay. I'm going to say Selma Lord Selma. Mm. Thought with Angelina Jolie. Oh, Thought. Yeah. yeah. Thought. Yeah. T-H-O-U-G-H-T, yeah. right? Thought. Not and Thought. Not T-H-O-T. Not Thought. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, that's a real, that's, yeah, it's a real eclectic mix. Like I said, it's surprising that y'all are so deep. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said Lion King, Dave. That's not deep. Well, no, nah, the, the, the story itself is like an amazing story and it's been told a couple of different ways. Um, but, uh, but was, yeah, it was, I think for me, it was just, you know, uh, the music, the music, the music. Okay. Oh, about the kids and stuff. Or the new mm -hmm. one. 
No more. Uh, nothing. No more. All right. I'm talking about the original drink. Okay. It's a really. Mm -hmm. What'd you say? I'm sorry. It has a lot of symbolism in it. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Can I add one? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Titanic. I Titanic. love it. Yeah. I, uh, I love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah Titanic was pretty good. Suspense, the suspense killed the shit out of me. <laughs> Three and a half hours to sink this big ass ship. Look, let's just get this. I already know it's going to sink. And that's, you know, you know. that's what happened. Like, I thought it, like, I was looking at it like that, but then... Caprio pulls it off. But then, yeah, watching it, it's like, this is actually pretty well done. Like, Caprio, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's a hell of an actor right there, too. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Leonardo, he's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, he's dope, definitely, definitely. So, um... Watching you as a uh, as an actress um, is, or as an actor, excuse me, is um, it was something. It was um, uh, a great experience for me. I would say, like um, in the role uh, of symbol, and then also like so when we did the studio session with uh, D'Amico, shout out to D'Amico Star, and uh, and you did the uh, the monologue from the beginning, and. You know, it's an emotional monologue. And so uh, halfway through it, you started to actually cry. And I looked over to D'Amico and said, oh, she's an actor, actor. Like, she's not playing with them. You know, like, to, you, like, turned it on. But that emotion and to be able to, uh, to emote like that is something I think that's essential to all great actors. Um, how do you like? Uh, so I want to say uh, something as simple as like, how do you do it? But it, I don't want to be that simple. But like, uh, where does that come from? Um, honestly, I just put myself in the character's shoes, and I think about what I'm saying. I think about what happened uh, prior to me saying what I'm saying in that moment, um, and how I want whoever I'm speaking to, however I want them to respond. And it just comes, um, I, I don't even, I don't force it. It's just, it just comes. And when it comes, I, I just let it come. I do sometimes, I feel like um, I can, I can tell when it's like going to be a little bit too overboard. Like I don't need to be bawling on this microphone. I don't need to be, right. you know, boo-hooing on the camera. You know, I don't think, I think that's a little bit too much. So I may pull back a little bit. Like I hope she'll pull back a little bit, but um as when they come the tears it just comes you know yeah, yeah it's so and weird. yeah and I, it, it takes a while too after to kind of fall back from it because right, it's like oh, right. all of this just pain or, or emotion or happiness or whatever that caused me to respond in that type of way I, I need to kind of bring it back a little bit because it's a lot it's a lot of emotions to carry and mm -hmm when I snap out of it and I'm, you know, back with everyone else, you know, you know, back in the real world, I kind of just have to take a deep, a couple deep breaths, you know, whew, okay, we did that. But I actually, um, I just wrapped with a project in March where we had to, I had to um, really break down crying a couple of times. I think we had to do that about over 20 times. Oh, wow. Um, because, uh, in the story pretty much my husband is walking out on me and his children and it's just a really um it's 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 a really 
uh, emotional scene. And and every time, it just came differently. Every time, the tears. Some tears, I would be just like, oh, like, God. I would just, it would, I would just really, really feel it. Mm-hmm. And I could hardly stand straight. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my husband is walking out on me and his kids. And he, you know, and I don't know why. Right. So, um... So sometimes I I couldn't stand, and in some moments I could, but we just not coming down. Like what whatever, and I just let the character do what she needs to do. Like you know what, I'm gonna take a back seat. I, whatever you want to do right now at this moment, go ahead, girl, do it. Mm-hmm. It was necessary. <laughs> so that's okay. so you talked about that um that transition kind of coming back to reality from being you know uh from embodying a character and so when you play a character in um in a role like what you just described where there's a number of scenes it's, it's a very emotional you know um a ride that you go on uh what are some of the things that you do when you're done with that to kind of decompress and, and release that energy so that you can get back to being Aya Um, well, the breaths, I, I take a lot of deep breaths. Sometimes I may have to, you know, separate myself and I like, go for a walk, you know, get a little snack or something. Um, but yeah, just kind of really remove myself from everybody. Just like, I need a moment, you know, let me just go to the side. It, it depends on how intense it is, but, but yeah. Cause I think, um, I don't know if you noticed, but when we was in the studio, I still just right after I still was just like, okay, let me just whoo, who's that? Bring it back down again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He took a moment and like just wiped the tears away and be like, okay, let's yeah, move on how, to the next how, one. how do you muster up the energy to do something 20 times? Like that's are you telling me the same situation, same scene 20 times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they need that's different like trying to urinate. You, you go go to the bathroom 20 times in a row. Go ahead. I ain't got the worst analogies, but go ahead, I. That was worse because you ain't got but so much tears and pee. Shit. Let <laughs> <laughs> me think about it. I don't know. I mean, how, how, how long can you stand there and let it stream down your face? I ain't got but so many. I got a lot for you, but I don't know. So I, I guess it's amazing. I guess you said it comes out differently each time. So, you know. Yeah, and I guess that's what we're looking for. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. So when you guys, both of you guys, you guys are on set and you're, whether you're getting a check or not, well, specifically if you're getting a check, you're working. How many times do you guys do this shit before, you know, y'all go home? I mean, you know, I've heard some people, or I don't know if it's a director or individual who runs it, got to have 25, 30 takes or something. Like, you you do it as much as it it takes, right? I mean, it's like, I did, um, background work with uh house of cards and uh david fincher was a director and he's notorious for like a whole bunch of takes and uh he would do stuff until he got the take he was looking for and even some after and so if that was 20 if that was 30 or 40 he would he would do it and um we would be there you just you know you just do it right i mean i don't think it's uh so the key you know, is the director yeah yeah right i o. I mean that's yeah. kind of do what they want yeah, they'll just do it, two takes, and then they'll just switch the camera angle. And see, that makes me worry. Like, if if you're only doing two, three, I mean, it, it depends on what's happening. Like, I think everyone in the room can tell, like, okay, these were some good takes. But if it wasn't, and the director's just like, okay, we're moving on, then yeah. that makes 
Because I'm like, I'd rather, like, quality. Like, you know, I'm not, not just some actor coming on here, you know, doing these lines because, you know, you gave it to me. Like, I want it to be just as good as you do. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, as close to the vision as, as possible. And yeah, I'm, you guys I'm find it hard to tap into that vision that you're speaking of? Like, because if it's not your vision, you're trying to tap into somebody else's vision. Dave uh, sent me some skits, and um, I expressed to him how I appreciated him in parentheses saying what the individual was doing before they said whatever was going on. So somebody's waiting there and, you know, you know, patiently or, you know, impatiently waiting for something, and then they say something. And and the way he wrote it was as if he, that's what he wants you to, he, he wants him he wants to see you do on, 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 on film. And I appreciate that. Is that is that hard to tap into? Yeah, I, I do I do like when they um well yeah, I, I do like when it is very clear in the script. Um, but I know sometimes some directors they do give like free will, which is also yeah. kind of I don't know. I like I like the a good balance, you know? Mm. Like I like when you know clear but not like so detailed where it's like i feel like i'm acting right right <laughs> so give you your vision right yeah yeah you gotta have freedom to create the vision around you know how you because that's how art flows like uh you know it's, it's not something that's too structured or too thought about artists is uh organic uh michael jackson said that and I don't know if that's the best person to quote, but he's dope. And uh, but yeah, he was talking about how like if you start to think about it too much, uh, you um, you put yourself into the process, and it's no longer art. Art is a direct um, uh, direct connection between you and you know. Uh, he said God, but whatever deity you know, um, you God, believe, not but, Michael though. No, I don't want to connect him. I don't want to connect with Michael. All right, anyway, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think that that's you know, it, it has to flow to a certain extent, so that openness is good. But also, um, when a director has a vision <laughs> or the writer has a vision, it's good to have DB specific about it. All right, Mike, I ain't even, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't say Michael Jackson, you said that openness is not good, not Michael Jackson. No, oh, no. anyway, the, the jokes, the jokes, but anyway, and so that's a serious question. Say what? Michael Jackson, is he canceled? You can't. You're not canceled. Nah. You canceled, I mean... Mike. First of all, the, the whole thought process to cancel somebody, I thought that any exposure and any attention was good attention for whatever brand. If the brand oh, no, is that's being not noticed, true. good or bad, if the brand is being noticed good or bad, and you're relevant, negative or positive, I'm going to say one brand that's negative or positive is relevant. You ready? Ready for my brand? Trump. He, I mean, he's, he's remained. Unfortunately, he's extremely relevant. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and it's a brand. I mean, so anyway, no. that's all. But, but yeah, it's not. Uh, but as for Michael Jackson, um, he's not. He one of the reasons, right. yeah, one of the reasons I have that conversation on here so much is is because I think that um, it is definitely um, not only uh, uh, something that you're able to do, but it's necessary in certain situations to separate the art from the artist. Um, just because uh, that, that art is, uh, is something that's here for us, you know, it's something that was delivered. Like I said, it's a direct connection and something that came, it was a message that was given to us through the artist, as opposed to uh, a, a product or something that they may have specifically, you know, uh, engineered and has anything to do with whatever they did. So, uh, you know, yeah, I don't think he's canceled. <laughs> it, it's a short answer. 
lot of us are just, you know, we're weird. We got a, a, a lot of mess going on. I think if people really knew what was going on in our lives, a lot of people may or may not like us. Right, <laughs> right. They make a reality show about it. Yeah, I think we kind of in a dangerous time because we get into a situation where people feel uh, so comfortable imparting their own beliefs and uh, and thoughts and ideas on other people as opposed to, you know, allowing them to have their own, you know, uh, uh, ideas and thoughts and beliefs. And so I've seen situations where artists that I know have like huge followings may have made a remark. And um, I, without saying any names, I, it was about the Bill Cosby situation and a young lady uh, who's uh, gaining a lot of popularity right now uh, posted that she had met Bill Cosby. And all she said was, when I met him, he was extremely polite to me and my mother. And it was an, uh, a great experience meeting him. And she got so much negative backlash. Like people start calling her a rape sympathizer and all this stuff. She's like, all I said was, when I just never gave an opinion about what he did or didn't do. But, you know, I think that we're getting to a point where it, uh, everything's so divided that people start to see it as if you don't believe exactly what I believe, then you're the enemy. And that's yeah. never been a good place to be in. So I'm a little worried about like where we're going. You're right when you say that because, because, you know, when you're, at, when you're, at, when you're an adversary, you know, you feel like it's the enemy. They're not always the enemy. You know, you don't have to agree. You don't have to agree. You're right. What do you want to say, Iowa? Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. It, it's it's just, ah, uh, I'll stay with them. <laughs> right, so deep, right? So. Yeah, it's it just really the whole, you know, following train in general, not just, uh, you know, outside of how people view artists, but just in general, how we're so quick to follow one belief and opinion and make it the end all that be all. Like, no, I, I've never ever in my life I don't know, maybe back in high school, this is high school, but I never, ever in my life was no follower. Like, I, I, I don't like, like, I need to do research for, my, for myself, you know, develop my own opinions. And like I said, like, I just think if people really knew all the artists or actors or musicians that's out here in the world, like, if they really knew who that person is, would they still, you know, but they still feel the same way since we always put in the art before the artist. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I used to say that about my stuff as well. I don't want to be a follower. But I think what happened was I decided to be a follower of conscious leaders. And the way I could recognize them was their consciousness. What did they speak to? Did they speak to the have not and or the individuals that have, if it's, you know, based on class, white, black, purple, green, whatever. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's deep. It's deep. It's real deep. It's blowing my head. That's how deep she is. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, with that said, let's get back to this interview. Um, so I want to talk to you about, you said, what? Well, it's, so it's a lot of people, you know, that, that post pictures with um, celebrities, and I'm not defending um, Bill Cosby at all for what he did. Um, but just as far as the, uh, the young lady who had posted the picture and had made the comments, a lot of us who are posting pictures with celebrities, but we don't know what that celebrity right, is right. indoors. Are we yeah. going to, you know, attack if, if somebody posts a picture up of, I'm, I don't, let me just make up, a teddy bear, you know, somebody posts a picture up with a teddy bear and, you know, 
later on in life is revealed that a teddy bear has done the worst possible crime you could ever think of. Right. Go back on that person's page and attack them for posting the picture with a teddy bear. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what it seems like it's going to, but I definitely, yeah, the, the, um, separating the art and, and, and more importantly, the art or the impact that that artist has had to you from their deeds. It's like, and that's something that, um, we have to do with like family members, with like people who are close to us regularly, you know, everybody's not always going to do something that you agree with. And so, but we seem to put artists on a certain pedestal. And so if they tarnish that image in any way, like I said, it's a dangerous space to be in. And um, I just worry about like what the outcome is going to be. But for me personally, I try to uh, um, just uh, enjoy the the art that they provided. And, you know, as to them, if they did something I don't agree with, I just don't support them or that thing. But the art might still be quality art, you know. And so that's how I see it. But, um, but yeah, I want to talk to you about acting, man. Come on. No. <laughs> but so, um, so I did want to ask you, like, um, performances, uh, do you have a standout performance in your opinion, something that you're really like, I nailed this one. Like, this is my uh my my um opus this is my you know um uh, the pinnacle like do you have that piece opus. that's a good word I do, I do have um and it's no video no footage or nothing it was uh when i did for color girls okay and um there was no i don't think there's any video you know a lot of theater productions we don't i mean they do film but as far as getting that footage back <laughs> yeah no it doesn't yeah right Stage. but for color girls oh i just wish so many people had just came out to see that production at the time who that is definitely mm, that has been my best work okay. and i have uh, i portrayed the lady in blue so okay. the lady okay. the rape monologue the sorry monologue the abortion monologue um and the prime monologue in the, in the beginning where she's pretty much just talking about her experience of losing her virginity mm -hmm. so um she has a lot of powerful you know pieces in the whole uh cure poem from Intozaki shange so right. i'm very thankful that i was given the opportunity to tell those stories um but yeah it, it, that is definitely, I think, my best work. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, and on the flip side of that, um, do you have any like that you really like? Oh, I could have did that a lot better. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, what? yeah. Oh. And I know, <laughs> there's a reason I asked that though, because you know everybody has those, and you know, um, I think it it helps to build character, it helps to build professionalism. It helps you to analyze yourself and look at what you need to work on, things like that. But I do want to ask you um, in that same vein, like uh, for what we talked about from doing like um, really emotional pieces and how you decompress from it. So in sports, they have something called having a short memory. And so like if you make a mistake uh, on the field, or on the court, sometimes it can stay with you and it affects right. how you play. Next play. Next play. Yeah, next the next play. play. So they say you have to have a short memory. Move on. You did it, now move on. And so when you have those roles that don't go the way you want it or those performances that don't go the way you want it, is there a process to kind of shaking it off or is it just like have a short memory, get right back in there and do it again? Like how does that, how did that work? I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Because I am low-key a perfectionist, and I can be extremely hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Like, when I know I messed up, 
it can i'll hold that for like two three days wow. like yeah. so I, I need i need to work on that yeah. i need to that that short memory you know training into my system just like when when i'm um I'm in the zone and, you know, I, I may have an emotional piece and I have to take those deep breaths and get back to reality. Like it's mm. easy then when I mess up, mm, 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 yeah. it bothers me. I'm a perfectionist. Ah, yeah. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> I think that, um, that I use that analogy because it helped me a lot because I'm kind of like that too. But, um, you know, every, every scene, every uh, word that you, you know, utter as an actor is another opportunity to nail it. And so that short memory is imperative, like, you know, moving on. And it's uh, it's a balance, though, between letting it go and also holding on to, okay, so this is what I need to do better next time, you know? And so, you know, and I think you, you, you know, you obviously nail that because like you like every time i've seen you you know it's been dope so i okay. you know so yeah so you obviously have some understanding of you know that balance and, and moving on you know uh because i've definitely seen actors who hold on to that negative you know uh moment and, and it affects how they perform in the future but uh but is it important for you all to get along um, off camera, is it important? Is it important for a rapport to be established um, before you go on camera and go on set? I think um, I think there definitely has to be a safe space for sure. Like I, I've worked with um, an actor and we couldn't stand one another. And at one point, it was really bad. He was arguing, you know, backstage during the middle of the show. Wow. But about what? About what? Give us the dirt. The dirt. <laughs> right. I Oh, I could not, I just couldn't stand him. And, and he was just very arrogant, just very cocky. And he was mm -hmm. new to the game. And for someone to be so cocky when you're just stepping into the world, you know, it's kind of like humble yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you, you just, start, you just starting out. You shouldn't be this cocky. I mean, you should be cocky sure. in general. You ain't gonna pin the poppers little balloon. He did, and I don't know, me and him, we're both sadists, so we was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. going at it. But on stage, wow. that was my lover. We kissed one another, but literally, we would go back, you know, go backstage and just like, <laughs> So do you think it do you think it affected the chemistry at all on stage, or did you guys nail it, or, how, or maybe no. help it? I'm not going to bring that on stage with me. I don't know if he did, but I'm not. Um, okay. I said that was his first time. Um, I, I don't know if that was his first acting project, but that was definitely his first stage. And um, he had the mistake of bringing in his girlfriend during the rehearsal process, during the scene where we have to do a simulated set seat and we have to kiss. So he was very uncomfortable. Mm. And that probably made you uncomfortable as hell. It made her uncomfortable, it makes everybody uncomfortable. That's, that's awkward. Yeah, and during the process, you know, it shouldn't be no nobody outside of whoever is part of that process in there. Did he introduce her? Like he said, hey, everybody's my girl. He, he, he did, he did, but he, he was he was very uncomfortable with going about the scenes. And I'm just like, listen, I don't want to kiss you either. But it's in this. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Let's do, let's, this is the real question. Was he uncomfortable when she wasn't there? Yeah, he was. He was. He was. Yep. 
Maybe you loved her. Maybe you loved her. I mean, that's yeah. not, Well, maybe he's maybe he's an up. excellent actor. Who knows? The thing is, like, we, a, a lot of us actors, like, some of us are married, you know, madly in love with people, but when we're in that moment, like, we accepted that role. Exactly. No beforehand that we had to do, it was, like, they'll give you a heads up, you, this role requires kissing or touching or, or all that stuff. Like, we accepted the role, knowing what we got ourselves into, um, and... We it's at that moment we're not we're not ourselves we're the people in the story so we have to put ourselves in mind and we just it, it, <laughs> the whole um marriage and you know partners and being an actor thing is a little difficult because it's it's hard for our partners to handle that you know they see us on stage kissing somebody else or touching somebody else and they think it's real life but it's not no 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 on stage i honestly can wrap my mind around it i've actually also had a couple of stripper girlfriends so it's like but 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 honestly, no but it's, it's the truth it's like you know if it were a private dance i would feel some type of way but this is for everybody to see it's all right make your money baby you know it is what it is and i don't know if that's a good parallel but anyway but but yeah you do have to yeah. separate the two you know i mean i mean it's not like it's not like it's private I, it's, it's a can it's 400 candlemen it's a makeup person i mean i can imagine what a set is like it's like yeah, like it's like a you know one on one off in the cove somewhere. You know, it's a, it's business. This is business. Or, or on stage, like it's you know an audience sitting there. It's a whole bunch of people. Enough to be on stage, I can imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I do know some actors. I'm not even gonna lie. I know some actors who do try to do some things. You know, off stage, try to develop some. You know, connection. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, some do it to you know actually get a better understanding of the characters, but some do it because they actually do kind of you know they got they fell too deep into the world and they actually did fall for the person that they that they're um. Yeah, that definitely happens. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, yeah, that's uh. Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp is on set. Huh. If Johnny Depp is on set, you know that's your, that's your, uh, your, your uh, cohort, your love interest <laughs> in it. I mean, it is what it is, right? I, I'm not, I'm not attracted to the Johnny Depp at all. But in that moment, I will be. Come here, Johnny. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, but, uh, but I love these little glimpses into into the world of acting. I always say, like people, because. Um, I haven't done, I, I might have mentioned this to you, I haven't done any stage acting. Like, I've only done, like, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, TV shows and commercials and things. Like, stage acting is, like, it's such another level of professionalism. I don't know, it, you know, it, it's like, you're like a superhero to me. Like, to stand up in front of, like, you can, when you're, uh, you know, on the set with cameras and stuff, you can cut and do it again and try it again and get the right angle and get the right, you know, everything. But when you're on the stage, even though you rehearse, you know, I know tirelessly, it's like once you're out there and you're doing it, it's no do-over, it's no, you know, you right there and you get the response immediately. And that scares the hell out of me, honestly. So uh, it's dope that you're able to do it at such a high level and so well. Um, but I do want to uh, have another, you know, another glimpse into that world. So it's opening night of a play that you're in. It's five minutes before curtain call, before, uh, you know, the curtain goes up and the show starts. What's going through your mind? Like, what are you doing? What are you? What's happening? I'm getting into that world. I'm. I, I, 
<laughs> I get really nervous, like mm-hmm. right before I'm about to walk on stage. It's it's like I don't know. I get so much anxiety. I start shaking, and mm-hmm. it's just like calm down, calm down. And it happens every night. It doesn't matter if I've been doing the show for three months, six months. Every time before I'm about to walk on stage, I get so nervous. But as soon as I'm on stage, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone. Yeah, that's dope. That's that. Uh, you know, I always say because uh, you know I came from like the music world, and so the same thing with like uh, performing. Uh, anything, even uh, you know, done a little stand-up comedy, and it's that that irrational fear right before you go on, like, oh man, what if I like Putin pass out or something? It's not irrational. It's very rational. I mean, well, I mean, at the end of the day, if you practice, that's true. That's true. But you practice that stuff out. What'd you say, Io? I'm sorry. I always get gas before I'm about to walk on stage. Always. <laughs> that's ah, I told it. I always get gas. I don't, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> you get the nervous boots. Everybody gets it. You know, hey, that backstage is, uh, you know, it's not a nice place to, you know, it's a comedy. Five minutes before the show. <laughs> everybody's there. Yeah, everybody's letting go. So, um, because, uh, let's see here. After, I have notes because I wanted to make sure this was dope because you're an extremely dope artist and um wanted to be, you know, um, serious with what I talked to you about. So um, you've had an opportunity to work with a lot of directors. Uh, what, in your opinion, makes a really good director? Um, my opinion, it makes a really good director is someone who guides. I, I've worked with directors who tell you what to do. And a director, I, I was when I went to school, I was trained that directors are supposed to, you know, guide. They're supposed to um, ask questions to help you better understand your character, your world. They're not supposed to tell you what it is. If they help, um, I love the directors that I worked with who helped me figure that out on my own. And by helping me figure it out on my own, I can portray the role better because I went through that process. Like I understand, um, I understand why I feel the way about my sister or I understand why I want to go make this particular dish today. You know, it's little Mm -hmm. things like that instead of me just, okay, you're gonna go in the kitchen, you're gonna get some cereal, but why? Why did I choose cereal over eggs? You know, why did my character in particular choose cereal over eggs? And I like directors who kind of like guide us through that process to figure everything out. Because in our in in the real world, us as people, like we know why we do the things that we do. You know, even if we don't want to admit it, we know why we're. I'm gonna, you know, before I go to sleep, I think about how okay, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna have this, you know, because I didn't eat this today. Like we know those things, and it's not always given in the in the script. So. As the actor, we have to go through that process to figure those little things out that's not mentioned in the script. And some directors are just like, do this, do this, do this. And I don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right, right. I like I thought it was a fat thing. Yeah. Yeah, when I go to sleep, I I, I think about the steak and cheese and the chicken (laughs) about me the next morning. I thought it was just me. I'm glad it's it's not just me. No, I do it all the time. (laughs) When I go to sleep, I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> <All day. laughs> 
I mean, you got to have the motivation. But the, the reason I asked that question, though, is because uh, in 2014, you had your directorial debut, a piece called hey. Spin, that was, um, you know, a pretty controversial piece. Yes. And um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Why, what made it controversial? Well, um, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so spin, it talks about the reason I don't think I've ever, oh, I can't really reveal it. I can't really reveal I was controversial. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, 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 yeah. The spin is, it, the controversy happens with the spin, but right. the thing, we never, we never finished that project. And I, oh, yeah. I I'm really cool with a lot of, um, that was my, that was my first, you know, thing, trying out the whole, you know, directing film mm -hmm. and all of that. So, um, we've, we completed filming the shots and everything. We just never finished the editing. And it's because it was a lot of, you know, issues that happened with the production team. It was definitely okay. a thing, not the actors. Uh, but a lot of actors do ask me that question every now and then. Hey, <laughs> what are when are you going to finish spin? Like, when are, we, when are you going to release it? I'm like, you know what? At this point, I looking back at the script, I feel like I what I wrote is, it doesn't sit well with the person that I am today. Mm. So what I want to do is I want to rewrite it. And I want to do it all over. Because okay. it, it's just, it's so controversial. I don't like it. And, okay. Okay. And That's I just don't. Rather intriguing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> rather intriguing. We go after we get off the air. We are gonna talk about it. We are gonna figure out what's spinning. Why? No, Why I'm just hey, joking. Oh, what the? Anyway. No. Anyway, Mike. But uh, but give yeah. me the gist of what it's about. No, nah, I'm curious now. No. Well, we'll talk about it after because she said, like she said, it's something that we don't want to. But it, yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> right, must have been a lot. But uh, there's something to do with animals, Dave. As long as they do with animals, I don't know what is okay, it. Was, I always, like, anyway, uh, moving on. But you um, being in plays like for Color Girls and Color Purple, and then you know, um, uh, work on uh, some of the projects that you've done, um, and uh, like Spin, for instance. You know, you talked about the controversy in it, and um, it, it shows that you don't have. And I talked about this a little bit before that you. Definitely not averse to kind of wading into to deeper projects and into to things that might have that controversy around them. Um, is that something that you look for in the, in the roles that you take or in the projects that you take on? Is a certain level of controversy? Yeah, like I, I need something that's, you know, going to really spark some type of attention or awareness, mm -hmm. something like a, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, oh, I've seen a lot of casting calls for works that are just very um, safe. Mm -hmm. And I don't like playing things safe. Like, you know, I don't, I, I think the ones that are safe are the ones that kind of get overlooked a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like to do projects and especially write things that a lot of people feel some type of way about. Because I, I want to hear what you have to say. Like, this is why I wrote it, because I want to open the door to have those conversations. Um, and a lot of times, I, I, I think I'm the type of person who sees things in a different perspective than 
70% of society sees it. So I'm going to write it in a way where I kind of challenge that 70% to look at things in a different perspective. You know, just, you know, just try because, you know, a lot of times people are already stuck in their own head, especially if mostly everybody is doing it. I, we was talking about this earlier. So I kind of like showing things in a different perspective to people to just, ha you know, think, you know, if things was this way, you know, or think about it, look at it from this perspective, you know? So I like the goal, is, mm -hmm. the goal is The goal is to get that 30% and she's like, she's the way you see it to get that other 70% to, you know, be a little bit more intrigued and say, hey, what's this about? And I say, get everybody to sit down and, and watch and break bread and maybe even converse and uh, move forward with whatever discussion it is, if it's something controversial or not. I, I, I was like, I like pushing the, the envelope on everything because it's so it's simple to say. It, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, don't, I don't care. Like, I just... I care about love, life, and, you know, our, our, my family and whatnot, but I don't care about, you know, being politically correct and or uh, how I come across, because if you don't know me, you don't know me, and I'm all right with that. You know, it is what it is. And and I think that's tough, because here we are on a, on a podcast, we're talking. We're, I'm not acting. I would like to try to be an actor. I know that I could get into some things, but I will also be a complete asshole, because once I tell you, I'm done. I'm done. Like, yeah, done. Like, your, like your your acting career is coming, man. It's it's coming. Done. Up. But uh, like done. Like like I, I'm not a diva, but like I'm not. And also, I don't know. You know, you you, you hear about this thing where uh uh men are we're not supposed to play uh females. We're not supposed to put a dress on, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got that like that whole conversation. Well, how you guys feel about that? I will say this a little bit. Mm -hmm. It is a lot. Of that that's talked about in spin. Okay. With, oh, I was. I oh, didn't we're getting know, closer. Right? We're getting closer to the to the to the topic of what spin is about now. Yeah, <laughs> that is one of the, of the topics of conversation. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, but uh, yeah, I, I don't understand why everyone always has something to say about something. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Better to do with your lives. You just want to find every little thing to nitpick. Oh. Uh, a man can't wear a dress. A, a, a woman can't. It's really is a lot of people who feel type of way about women who who um have very low cuts or you know mm -hmm. they're walking around with the nice beautiful ball looks, which I think is gorgeous. I don't. I wish I could pull that off. I don't think. I think mm -hmm. my hair's too big. But always <laughs> well, got something to say. Yeah, yeah. We embrace. I embrace Tyler Perry because. The, the, the Medea character was a female that I could relate to and just happened to be a male. I mean, it wasn't that, it wasn't the cross-dressing. It was hilarious, hilarious and real. And it really is. So I don't know. Dave, we're going to put dresses on next week? Uh, <laughs> what'd you say, Aya? You should, you guys should do it. Um, yeah, see, she would say that. You see what I'm saying? She would, see, that's a... Yeah, you write that script. Write that script for me right now, and, and get like you. You can do it. I mean, and I, so I, I kind of feel. Like, <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel. You know, like people should be able to do, especially acting. You know, I mean, I think that there's just um, good acting and bad acting. So if if you're doing it poorly, then that's one thing. But if you you know um, committed to the character and doing what you're supposed to do as an actor, I think that you should be able to embody any role. You know, what I'm saying that you're given. Um, with that same in that same token, like I, it, 
it's certain things that I, as an actor, would probably uh, wouldn't do or would, uh, you know, kind of shy away from. Uh, yeah, you have an example, then. In that same happened, token. You said, like right? a crazy, didn't you, weren't you involved in a crazy situation where uh, you weren't given a script, it was a real vague script, and you come to find out it was some blood-sucking? Oh, you know, yeah. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't blood-sucking. <laughs> it was a... Um, Nah, it was just, it was uh, I was auditioning for a role and uh, it, it was just something that I, it, it, the the premise was a little too. He don't like being put on the spot. He don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. He would uh, ask anybody. Yeah, I just want to say the right words. You know, like you're going to formulate. Man, say, the, right say the word, Dave. Say the word. Anyway, Dave. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was the the premise was a little far fetched and it was outside of something that I would feel comfortable portraying. So I didn't take the role. That's all. Uh, that's the politically correct. Uh, we're going pass Will Smith's sister's separation. We're going pass all that. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a little out there, but um, but yeah, I mean, but my personal feeling toward it is like you should, if you feel like you can portray the role well, do it. You know, go for it. I'm more power to you, definitely, as as an actor, right? I mean, you should you should do it, right? I always like you should you should go for it. Yeah, like with the whole Tiffany Haddish situation, I know a lot of people don't like that she's uh doing flojo and i don't know if it's because oh, she's I, I didn't even know she was oh, really it yeah she could do it she could do it yeah i think so anybody yeah, that can make I, you laugh can make you cry understand that yeah right and at the end of the day she's an actor like that's what we yes, do yes ma'am yeah yeah, so, yeah. I, i'm, I'm excited female to see comedian her. that in and of itself is hard i mean you know yeah yeah, comedy is hard. I, I try to stay away from it. I mean, I've I've done some recent comedic roles, but okay. why do you stay away from it? I don't want to. I don't want to be a comedic actor. I got you. It's not your warehouse, or yeah, I I I, I just want to tell stories that um mm-hmm. that hit home, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want his songs to make you cry. You want his stories to make you cry. <laughs> yes, yes. I was going to ask that question because I noticed she was like, I don't want to hear nothing. Right. I, I think I'm so weird. I ain't listening and shit. I be listening. I be listening, babe. Yeah. <laughs> what would you mm-hmm. say? I don't know. Like... I said, you can keep them songs. <laughs> <I'll>... No. <laughs> but, you'll, but you'll play the part, though, in the role. Right. I'll play a part. I watch a movie that'll make me cry. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. So um I wanted to ask you in uh in 2017, um some Soil for the Soul premiered uh at the Manhattan Repertory Theater, or Repertory Theater, excuse me, um, and has received a couple of awards. Um, and that, that's a piece that you um so you wrote and directed it or Yes, I wrote and directed the piece at Manhattan Repertory Theater, and then it was in, um, a couple festivals, and I directed it, um, directed it there, and it was performed in London, and they had a um, a director in London direct it, and I had just came, um, I flew over to see how you know everything had turned out. That's so, dope. That's, that's awesome. yeah, 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 it, it's had two directors. Um, but that's my baby. Like I, I, I'm working. Yeah, I was wondering. You created something, and two other individuals pick it up. That's, I mean, that's that's the volume. So what, what, what you put out, put out forward. What you, the word bird. All right. I mean, what, what came from you? That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I, 
I'm really trying to figure out where I can take it next because I want to expand it. Um, I'm just mm. trying to figure out how exactly, but it, it needs some off and I haven't figured that out yet. And I don't want to force the words to come. Like, I just want to wake up one day and I'm like, oh, this is it. I know what to do. So oh, I, yeah. I kind of force it. I'm going to let it come, you know, when it, when it comes, but how long yeah. have you guys been writing? Ever since I've known Dave for a couple of decades now, he's always been writing. How long have you been writing? Cool. All my life, I guess. But I, as far as scripts. You know what you're saying? Like, all my life, you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the color purple, too. <laughs> I know, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Work with me, Dave. Ooh. Anyway, go ahead, Ayo. What were you saying? Don't pay no attention to Mike. Go ahead. No, as far as the scripts, college. I participated in a playwriting festival, a 48 hour playwriting festival at um, Oregon. Mm. And two I, days. Hmm? Yep, two days. Two days. Two days. And um, I did it, I wrote it, and it was performed. And my artistic director, she pulled me to the side and she said, I think you really should consider, you know, writing professionally. Mm -hmm. She said, I know you're for, mm -hmm. you know, theater arts. And but I think I think the writing is really going to take you far. And um, until she passed away, she passed away last year. But until her uh, death, she always just kept asking me, yeah, but, you know, are you writing? Like I, I went to visit her sometimes. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm teaching theater. She was like, but are you writing? <laughs> like, yeah. I love people who do, who do that to me, who remind me of my passion. You know, I, I appreciate that. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. It's, it, it means they heard me. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. saw something in you. Yeah. You know, to this day, I'm still, I guess I'm still trying to figure out where to go with playwriting, per se, mm -hmm. because she definitely really pushed that on me. And sometimes, you know, to this day, I, I feel like I can just sense her spirit around when I have a lot of questions about what I'm doing with my career. And I, I, I just feel her. Sometimes I would, um, she would come in my dreams. So, but I'm still just have questions. Like, I don't know where to go with playwriting. You know, that's a whole, acting is one thing, but being a full-time playwriter, that's a whole nother ball game. Right. You gotta live some more, that's all. That too, that too. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I had stopped teaching because I love teaching and I'm, I'm going to do it again, but, you know, definitely later on in life. But I feel like I just need more experience with theater and acting. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to go out and do it, but, what did I you was, teach? Hmm? What did you teach? Sister 12th grade theater. I, oh, I love when uh I love when interviews kind of flow into the because that was my whoa. next question about teaching. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Sixth through twelfth grade. It was you a did performance. That, you did that on purpose? Yeah. Man, people my talk children, about the kids. My there. children are in are are in uh, middle school right now. And they were all on accident. No, I'm not. No, it just it's just like no, man. That's crazy. That's that's awesome. So you, you see, so how long did you do it? Two years. You sound yeah. like you miss it. I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. I still with a lot of my former students. Yeah. Are in a college now, but I still keep up with a lot of them. That's great. What did you say? Some of them are in college now. Some of what are in college? Uh, my students. <laughs> I'm a former student. 
All right. What's the really? really yeah. It's like she's about 15 days. Like, it's I mean, you know. It's college students' days. Hey, look, you know. That's awesome. She was teaching when she was nine. That's what it was. It's, no. I was <laughs> When I had uh, left Morgan, yeah, Yeah, I I started teaching right when I left Morgan. I was teaching honors English at Baltimore School for the Arts, and then I started teaching um, theater arts. That's nice. That's dope. So, um, with teaching, like, um, what was the biggest lesson that uh, that teaching taught you? Oh, so many lessons. Uh, The biggest biggest lesson. The biggest is that, um, or the most impactful, the one that stays with you the most, like something that really stood out to you that you maybe didn't know. The one that really stood out to me, um, that my students made me realize is that, um, the reason why a lot of them act out is because they're not, they feel like they're not being heard, and they, you know. After the first month, you know, and just paying attention to how a lot of teachers respond, like, you know, sit down, you know, do this, da 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 da, da. And they still come back and, and, and do the same thing that they was doing yesterday. But I had caught, you know, that's, they want, to, like, for some reason, whatever is going on in their life, they feel like they're just not being heard, they're not being understood in some type of way. So I started developing the relationship I had with a lot of my former students, um, well, I, you know, they would make me upset. Yeah, sometimes I did have to tell them to leave, but I would talk to them after school. I would talk to them during lunch. And I really got to understand who they was, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of situations that they were going through. And I was teaching them in West Baltimore. So they were going, uh, the students I was, I was teaching in particular was just going through a lot of stuff at home. Um, and to just have, to feel safe, to talk with someone in they didn't feel judged. That's all they really, I mean, of course they wanted more, but at, at that moment, um, in that environment, you know, that was really needed for them. So that's one thing that they, they really taught me. They taught me how to listen. That's dope. Wow. Yeah. So, um, in that same vein, uh, for, for acting or entertainment overall, if, if you could sum, sum up one piece of advice, like what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? you know, in the realm of acting or, or entertainment? The best piece of advice I ever gotten. It's about to sound so cliche. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got that from Dave. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just... Just keep going, like be consistent in it. I know a lot of times, um, be cons- it's a lot of it's a lot of messages coming up to me right now. Be consistent, do your own research. Um, a lot of, it's not gonna come, it's not gonna come easy. Like it's it acting is the 24-7 job. Like you could have a big role one day and not get work for a while. Like just Keep going and don't listen to what anyone else has to say about your journey or your process because everyone is always going to have something to say at the end of the day. And as artists, people just feel some type of way about people pursuing their passions. I don't know why, but it's just a, a crazy thought to them. Like, oh, my God, you're, you're living a life pursuing your passion. Why? So 
just it, my advice to people is just to keep going and be consistent. Like when it looks like you're not getting anywhere, that's when you're really getting close to your blessing. When it, it looks like it's just pitch dark and you just can't see the light. It doesn't mean that the light's not coming. It's there. You just have to keep walking through the tunnel. If you go back, then you ne- you're never going to see if the light was there. Right. Yeah. You hear that, Mike? That's wisdom. We call that wisdom. All I heard was before she see the light, she go out there, she poops. That's all I heard. <laughs> yes. But uh, but yeah, that's that's dope advice, man. It's great to follow. Um, so uh, we're coming to the to the end of it. it's about eight thirty. But there are two questions that I always ask all of my guests. I always enjoy the answers that I get. They're kind of introspective. I'm gonna ask um them of you right now. Uh, so the first one is. If you had an opportunity to talk to a younger version of yourself, like let's say a 12-year-old I.O. Brown, if with everything you've been through, all the wisdom you've gained in your life up until this point, if you could go in a time machine and go back and have a conversation with that little girl, what would that conversation be like? What would you say to her? I would tell that little girl that you are rare, you are powerful. There's literally no one in the world that's like you and you're needed. Your voice is needed. And even when you sometimes feel like others push push that voice aside, they're listening. They, they, they're listening and you're hitting people. You're hitting the people that, you know, that needs to be hit. Oh, I know. That's dope. Yeah. And, um, and the other question is, so you, you've... Um, You've done commercials. You've done a lot of uh, theater performances. You're constantly in a situation where there are a lot of eyes on you, where a lot of people are looking at I.O. Brown. When people see I.O. Brown, what is it that you hope they see? I hope they see that I am... Well, okay. Are we talking about the actor or me, the person? Uh, You, the person. Me, the person. I really just want them to see that I am... Um, I just have so much positive, you know, light that I just really want to give to the world. I really just want to inspire people, whether um, it's on stage or off stage. And I really hope that my conversations with people that I inspired them in some type of way or made them smile, or just made them feel good, even if I didn't say anything at all. And it was just, you know, my presence in general. I just want to have such a nice, positive, radiant light when, you know, I'm around people or when I interact with people, whether it's, you know, through technology or in person, I really just want them to leave feeling like I really just made them smile or feel just great. And then, you know, for whatever reason, you know. You, you, you definitely do that. Like, um, and meeting you and come, coming to know you, you're, uh, your light is bright and beautiful. It's uh, vibrant um, is the word I would use to describe it. It's uh, instantaneous and obvious. Uh, you do a really good job at um, thank you at, at emoting that light. And so it's it's uh, so job well done. Yeah, mission accomplished. You know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. I've I noticed that like from the first time, from the first day on set and seeing you, it's like it was something. You know, before I even knew, you know, if you were like a, you know, a production assistant or the actor, they're like, oh no, that's the star. I'm like, okay, well, I can see why. You know, it's, <laughs> it's obvious, it's there in you. And so uh, keep shining. Like you said, uh, you know, keep grinding and keep giving us pieces to, you know, uh, to, to evoke thought and 
and controversy and, and, and keep us moving. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you for real. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up real quick. I want you to stay on for a second um, after we go live. But uh, thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Neighbors Livecast. On behalf of myself, Super Dave, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible, my man, Honey Grand, Just Mike, and our illustrious guest, the beautiful and talented I.O. Brown. Uh, this has been another episode of the Neighbors Livecast. Take care of yourselves and each other. Have a great week. And uh, yeah, if you get a little nervous and you got to poop, let it happen. It's going to happen. You know, uh, <laughs> have a good one, y'all. Peace.